Hope with Depression, the podcast. I think many people maybe think that domestic violence is limited to um, battery or to physical violence, but it isn't. The, the definition of domestic violence was extended some years ago, and it now uh, covers emotional abuse, financial abuse, that sort of stuff. My message to people out there is that you do not, you don't have to do this. You're not on your own. There are plenty of people out there that love and care about you. You don't have to do this. You don't have to live this life. Nobody has to do that. Mental health matters a lot. Uh, we're talking to Denise. Uh, thank you so much for being on our podcast. You're welcome. Uh, sensitive subjects. It's domestic abuse. It came up on the show this morning. Uh, Maya, my co-presenter's thought, being holed up with someone if you're in an abusive relationship, particularly in lockdown, would be worse than horrendous. Yeah. And... I put that on Facebook and you immediately flashed up back that you were in a relationship like this, very pleased to say you're not anymore. No. And you were willing to do this interview which could, you know, give people information and help them. Yes. Brilliant. That is, number one, thank you so much. That is very kind. This you're will, very welcome. This will be broadcasted uh, on as many platforms as I possibly can uh, within the shortest time that I can, uh, as soon as we're done, basically. Okay. Um, so... Where do we start? Do you want to give a little bit of backstory first? I mean, obviously, don't share anything that's sensitive for you, but no. just, just so we can set the scene. Um, well, like most domestic violent relationships, um, it started off fine, absolutely fine. Everything was fine. Um, then I had a baby, my first one, and literally four months into that, he had an affair. Um, and... He sort of used that like it was something I was supposed to just accept, just just lay back and accept it. He was he was allowed to do that. It was his his right to do what he wanted to do. Okay. And um, I, at the time, I was living with um, his parents um, because something had happened, and I'd moved in with him. Um, but once I found out what he was doing, um, I decided to move out and move back in with my parents. Um, and then the phone call started begging me to come back, to come back, come back. And eventually I did. I gave in. Um, we got a place of our own. Um, and it was just, it was more mental than physical to start with. Um, he just did what he wanted, basically. Did whatever he wanted. And, you know, had affairs went where he wanted, did what he wanted. I wasn't allowed to go out. I had to stay at home and look after the children. Uh, like eventually we had, I've now got four children who are now grown up, they're adults. Um, but I think most importantly for me throughout the whole thing now, I suffer with a lot of guilt for what I put my children through because of the, 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 the abuse that went on, like physical, mental, the shouting, the constant aggression around my children because it affects everybody it's a big ripple it affects effect isn't it everybody especially children and i mean as far as i know now um if you're in a in a domestic abusive relationship and you choose to stay there as i don't know whether this is true but i'm i was told that um the powers that be now have the power to remove the children from that relationship it wouldn't surprise me 
it wouldn't surprise. I'm in process of re- of researching this at the moment and putting together a podcast on it. And you're the first one I've spoken to. Yeah. So uh, I, I will research this more. But, I, I, but that, from what I do know about the social services, yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, what was it? Mental and physical abuse. If you don't mental want to and physical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And were you still pregnant at the time? Because I read that one in three abuse cases happened during pregnancy for yeah. some reason. The f- Every time I was pregnant, every time I was pregnant, that's that's when it all started. Why is that? I've got no idea what whatsoever. Is what is that about? Speak. I mean, I I kind of I speak to him now. I'm not friends with him. I'd never be friends with him. Yeah. But speaking to him now, he said with with the first affair that he had, his excuse was I wasn't giving him enough attention. It's like I had a brand new baby who was screaming constantly. Anyway, how could I possibly give you? Attention. I mean, that sounds incredibly narcissistic. Yes, very. Um, and it also says to me an incredible lack of self-responsibility because yeah. it, it's up to, it's up to us to fill our own tanks and yeah. then and then overflow to other people. It's not about. It, it's almost a sort of dependency on you from yeah. him, which is completely inappropriate in a healthy relationship, let alone when you're pregnant. Yeah. For God's sake. Yeah. Did anything you say or do? Would I mean? Did did he did he ha- assume any responsibility for his actions at all? No, no, never did. It was all. This is what because if I understand it right, manipulators, narcissists, and gaslighters as well. That it's always your fault. It's yes. always something yeah. you did yeah. that made them do it. Absolutely. So yeah. Because... In a in a sense, they put they cast you in the role of victim, but in a sense, they're victims themselves of yeah. themselves. Yeah. If if you like, if you like, because if I say you made me do something, that's that's tantamount to saying I've got no control over any of my actions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to get that quite a lot. Um, like I, be, I became because of the affairs, I became extremely paranoid. So I'd end up like looking in his phone, checking his phone, see whether we had messages or calls, and if if he, which very often he caught me doing. Um, and, what happened, would, and what happened then? Uh, that's what it'd get really, really abusive. Right. Um, extremely abusive. Right. And say, well, you shouldn't be looking in my phone. It's your fault. You shouldn't have, should have been looking in my phone. It's your fault, yeah. 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 I used to get that quite a lot. And um, also, um, once when he, he had an affair, um, he actually left the family home and I was seeing someone as well. Um, and that all backfired on me as well. It, the abuse started, I used to get questioned, what did you do, you know, what were you doing in bed with him, you know, and when he came back it was, it was just what a nightmare. What details of what you were actually he doing? He wanted to know the details of what I actually did when I was with this so guy. So there's a real jealousy there as well. Yeah. 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 In- interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's, it's very... It's, it's curious to me because I've not... I don't think that way, if you know what I mean. No, so, so I'm no. trying to understand some, somebody that would do. I, I get it's narcissistic. I get it's jealousy. Yeah. I, get, I guess it's an absolute. Did you buy into it? Did you did you actually start to believe that it was your fault? Oh yes, absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, all the time. And 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 I never. It wasn't until I got out of the relationship. I, I'm with a, a wonderful man now. We've been married for eight years this year. Wonderful. Um, and it wasn't until. I kind of got three years into that relationship that I realised that actually I'm not this bad person. I'm I'm quite a nice person, you know, and I do deserve to be loved, to be cared for. For who you are, yeah. I'm, I'm still struggling with that. I struggle with it on a daily basis. I yeah. um, 
I'm working in um, an SEN school, and I've only I've only been working there since September. What, what is that? Um, a special needs school. So, um, but I suffer with really bad anxiety to the point where, on a daily basis, I've only just I've only noticed it since I've been off because of the coronavirus. But I grip my teeth so tight that it makes my jaw ache. Goodness me, it's it's one of those old unconscious habits. I yes. think I think um, actually well, to. If I can offer you something back in return for this um, wonderful interview, that on our hopewithdepression.com forward slash resources page, yeah. uh, there's a whole bunch of practitioners that I've interviewed about various things that they offer, okay. which might be of value to you, because oh, I, I, I would call that um, an unconscious habit. It's some, yes. Something triggers you, and you go back to the old habit, and it's, yeah. it's like your unconscious mind protecting you, but it's like saying to soldiers, guys, I appreciate what you're doing, but the war is now over. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to do that anymore. And there, and there are very quite advanced techniques that can help you with that, and pretty quickly too. It's not like months and months and months of, you know, dragging it all up again. It's much, I can tell you that psychology has evolved massively. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I'll do, do have a look at that. Well, if we can, you know, share the love in all directions. Yes, that's absolutely. Ab- absolutely perfect. The way I understand it, the other person, the abuser, will always try and make it feel like, make you feel like it's your fault and even that they are the victim. Yes. So, in other words, it's you're victimising them. Yep. In a sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, c- I can understand that. Um, I did a fascinating interview with a lady called Lynn Forrest. I haven't podcasted it yet. I will do it as the next episode of Hope with Depression. And um, it's basically a form of psychology that she's pioneered. It's called the Drama Triangle. I don't know if you've heard of this. I think I have, actually, yes. If you imagine an upturned triangle, and on the bottom point there's victim. On the top left is rescuer, and on the top right is persecutor. Right. And someone who perceives himself to be a victim or acts the victim, will tell the victim's story. Someone who is compassionate and kind at heart, and if you work with special needs children, clearly you probably are. And my guess, and for goodness sake, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you would fall into rescuer. Oh, you want to reach out, you want to help them. If I just love them enough, they'll change. I've got to to do it for them or they can't do it for themselves. And then at that point, the victim turns on you and becomes the persecutor and shifts points on the triangle. Yeah, that really makes sense. That, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it, she's it's basically become her life's work. This lady actually, she's written books on it and all, and all this sort of thing, um, which I'll, I'll stick, stick a link to under, underneath this podcast and the next one. Uh, so yeah, it, it it does fit that dynamic, and, and you'd fall into the rescuer category, would you? Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, if because I mean, I I fall in there too. If I had to describe it, I don't want to use the word fault because it shows a kind heart. It's like a good fault, yeah. If there's such a thing, but it's not. It's not a healthy dynamic to be in. No. But it's also quite hard to leave. I would yes. have thought. Yes. Why? Absolutely. For the it, benefit of those that don't understand it, why is it so hard to leave these situations? Um, one is because you're made to feel like you're completely unworthy. Like, nobody else would want you anyway. Mm. So you, you stick with it. And the other reason is because you do think that it's going to change. The, the more you love them, the more you do for them, yeah. it will change. Things that, will always get better. There's that rescuer again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's why it's not healthy. Yeah. Because they don't change, do they? No, they don't. They never change. No. 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 Nothing ever changes. It just gets worse, in fact. So let's fast forward to the happy bit. You said you married a wonderful man, and you, I did. And, and you got out, and you got out of the situation. I did. Which is, uh, which I'm, oh, I'm getting goosebumps. That's, 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 <laughs> no, that's lovely. That's absolutely lovely. What made you finally leave? What was the straw that broke the camel's back um, for you? I think the straw that broke the camel's back was um, he came at me with a hammer. Oh my god! 
Um, and I just stood my ground. I literally just stood there and I said, I just said to him, go on, do it. If it makes you feel better, do it. Do it now. And he, with that, he dropped it and walked away. And I thought, hang on a minute. Does this mean that he's not, I'm not as weak as I thought I was? Um, and I kind of went to bed. I slept on it and I thought to myself, my mum said this would happen one day, that one day you will wake up and just say to yourself, that's it, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm. And that is literally what happened. I woke up and I said, no, that's, that's it. This is not my life. After how long? 22 years. Okay. But you, don't, but you don't have to wait 22 years. Or, no, you don't. I mean, you don't. So, Trust me, you don't. Yeah. My message to people out there is that you do not, that you don't have to do this. You're not on your own. There are plenty of people out there that love and care about you. You don't have to do this. You don't have to live this life. Nobody has to do that. Nobody has to do it. For any reason. For any reason. No matter what they tell you. No matter what they tell you, you do not have to live that life. You're better than that. No one is. No one has to accept that as the, as, as being the norm. It's not normal. No. It's not, and you do not have to live like that. You don't. Nobody has to. Empowering words. Yeah. Empowering words. What are the signs to look for? Because you said it was fine at first. Does it start subtly? It's very subtly. Go on. Yes. Tell um, me. So to start with, everything was happy. Everything was bubbly. Then um, his biggest issue. With me, how it started was he found out that in my before I met him that I had dated um, a black man. So? Exactly. So. But that, to him, was a big issue. So he started... Uh, that, that's when the abuse started. Oh, you're this, you're that, because you, you, you were dating a black man. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, then it just escalated from there. Then he, that, That's when I got pregnant with my first child. That's when he had his first affair. Um, and basically I, I found out about the affair and I went to see the girl that he was having an affair with. Um, stupid mistake. I should never have done it, but I just felt like I needed to talk to her and find out, you know, tell her the truth about what was happening, that he was, but she didn't care. She didn't give a damn. And when on my way back home from there, um, he he actually followed me. He found out. He followed me, pulled up in the car, and he. I had my child in my arms, and he punched me in the face. That's that's when it first started. It was like, how dare you come and spoil my, my, my son? And that's, that's the first time that I did actually leave him. Oh, dragging the kids into it. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, kids are obviously pawns that can be used to settle adults' disagreements, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm being very sarcastic. Yes, obviously. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, that that's when it first started, the first affair. And then it just, you know, then the begging came. It wanted to take me back. I wanted to wanted me to take him back. Was it like, I oh, did. I'm so sorry, I'll never do it again? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tears everything. and Flowers, sort of tears, everything. Yeah. You name it, it, it came. And, and it happened every time. And your advice is don't buy it? No. Don't buy into it at all. No, they will never change. No matter what they tell you, oh, I'm really sorry, I never meant to do it. They had a choice. They made their choice, and their choice was to go with someone else, which means you're not, you know, you you weren't worth their time. 
you weren't yeah. important enough for them not to go go astray. I think the hardest thing to see, and I'm sure you see it now all these years later, because hindsight is the wonderful thing. It was never about you. No, no. It was it was his issues, not you. Yeah, it was his but, it was his insecurities that caused him to do that in the first place. Usually made to think it's all about you. Oh yeah, because absolutely. it's much easier to to project outwards and blame other people than it oh, is to take yeah. bloody responsibility for yourself. Yeah. You know, um, it re- it really is, but yep. ultimately that's the only way. Yeah, that is the only way. Which and and you were big and brave enough to go first. Yeah, <laughs> Fr- frankly. Yeah. Yeah. What would you? So your advice to anyone listening to this, if they find themselves, uh, obviously in an emergency, call nine nine nine. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I can tell you that the police are very much into this. I watched a video last yeah, night they're... on Facebook from a very very senior police officer that says we're aware of the situation, we're geared up for it, yep. we're there for you. They had a lovely little meme, actually. You make the call, we make it stop. Yeah, exactly. That's what they do now. They never they never had that power before. Strangely, now, what... even if you don't want to um, go ahead and, do, and charge, press charges, you don't have a choice now. They I... take that out of your hands. I remember, I think, I don't know when it changed, but there was a point where the police wouldn't attend something because, in inverted commas, it was only a domestic. Yep. I mean, thank Christ that's changed. Exactly, because I had that a lot. I had that a lot. You were part of that, were you? That must have been desperate. Absolutely. Sometimes they would arrest him and take him in, Hmm. but if I refused to press charges, then they'd let him go again. But now they have the power to do that for you. Yeah, good. You know, they, you, you don't have a choice. Once you've made that phone call, once they attend that property, if he's there, they will take him away and they will press charges, which I think is brilliant. It's a, it's, it's a step forward, which, you know, it, for these women that are still going through it, is a fantastic step forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you've, you've given us some great information. I, I wanted to speak to someone that had been there and done it. Yeah. Because I think... I think sometimes they make the best teachers of, of the lot, if, yeah. if you know what I mean, yeah. because, yeah. you know, uh, authenticity is guaranteed. Yes. You know, you're not, yes. you're not ghostwriting this. You were there. Yeah. Um, so, Denise, thank you so much uh, for, for being on these podcasts. And I wish you all the love and luck in the world. Thank uh, you with, very much. With your continuing healing journey. Yes. What's on the horizon for you? Any interesting projects coming up for you? Um, I'm actually a part of a group on um, Facebook. It's my a friend of mine. She set up a group um, called Clarity, Growth and Focus. Oh, nice. And we, you know, she does podcasts and she, she does like, um, she goes out into the, into the big bad world and, um, teaches people how to cope with basically their life and, mm. you know so i've got i focus on that a lot brilliant yeah so yeah i'll, I'll put a link to that in the resources yes. if i may yes, yeah, it's sti- a, a really good link it's a really good place yeah, to be I'll, I'll stick it on our resources page yes. yeah because it is <clears throat> excuse me focus is everything isn't it yes it is yeah, yeah. you um, have to focus on what's going to be rather than what has been i mean i spent a lot yeah. lot of time living in the past and you know trying to sort out what happened in the past where the past is gone and I'm learning to move forward and just listen to the future yeah I mean I'm not saying it doesn't matter because it does matter but in a a sense the past it does matter but it okay from the perspective of moving forward it doesn't really matter I'm not not saying it doesn't matter what happened to you no far from it but from the perspective of forward motion the less time you spend in the past the better we spoke to a brilliant um, mindfulness teacher Catherine Kell on this podcast about mindfulness which is all about being present moment focused yes there there literally is only the now and the future is created from the now yeah and you do have the choice you do even if you you don't think you do even if people say you don't 
even if you've been lied to, gaslit, blah, blah, blah. You, do, you know, you really do have a choice. You and do. there's, you know, a pretty strong arm of resources out there now, yes, many, many positive resources to help you. So, uh, Denise, thank you so much for You're sharing. You're very welcome. You're and very I, welcome. And I wish you all the very best. Be well. Thank you very much. And you. Take care. Hope with Depression, the podcast. Streaming now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher for Android, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and here. Play Hope with Depression, the podcast. Hello, Richard Selvage. Hi, Neil. How, How are you doing? Yeah, good. Good, good, good. Thank you so much. You got in touch with me when you saw my Facebook post. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what are your qualifications to speak on this, sir? Um, I have been a family solicitor for eight years. Well, that'll do it. That'll do it. Mm, that'll do it. Uh, the forum is yours, please. Uh, okay. What do uh, people? What do people need to know from the from the legal perspective? Unfortunately, I deal with domestic violence on an all too regular basis. And uh, whilst there are certain legal things that you can do, like for example, um, having a non molestation order, which is what people would probably know as a restraining order or uh, an occupation order where um, you can actually ask the court to exclude your partner from a house to which they have legal right to be there. Um, there are practical measures that you can take. Um, first, up, first of all, if you are a victim of domestic violence, and I think many people maybe think that domestic violence is limited to um, battery or to physical violence, but it isn't. The, the, the definition of domestic violence was extended some years ago, and it now uh, covers emotional abuse, financial abuse, that sort of stuff. So um, where, for example, your bank balance or, is being controlled or your access to cards is being controlled and your access to cash is being controlled or where you are um, emotionally controlled, um, and you are clearly the weaker of the two parties, of the two people in terms of emotions. If you're if you're browbeaten and bullied by uh, by your partner, then that falls within the definition of, of domestic uh, domestic abuse, um, domestic violence being the actual physical side of things. But domestic abuse is a much more wider definition. Um, so there are a couple of things that you can do um, if you if you are um, in that position. And you can you can protect yourself in a number of of different ways by taking various practical measures, as well as referring to someone like a domestic violence or women's charity or refuge or, or men's charity, whichever. Because don't forget, domestic violence happens both ways. And I've unfortunately acted for far too many people um, who have been in this position, both men and women. Mm. So my my top tips uh, when I first see a client is to check with them that they've got, for example, a fully charged mobile phone um, that they can use in times of emergency. Um, you know that you can use the 101 uh, to call the police and you may have a direct uh, dial to a police station, for example, and obviously you know treble nine. Um, it's helpful to know off the top of your head telephone numbers for trusted friends and relatives, for example, um, so that you don't necessarily need access to a mobile phone to make those phone calls. Um, so you don't need to have those numbers plugged into your phone if you know them in your head. Um, there is um, other practical things, like if you're on the phone to somebody and, uh, for example, you're, you're, you're trying to say, I've been a victim of domestic violence or I am in a position where I'm about to be assaulted by my partner, it might be an idea to have a code word or something so that when you are on the phone to somebody, you can use that code word. Um, I remember there was a story uh, in America where somebody phoned a pizza shop and um, managed to get the pizza shop 
uh, employee to understand what was going on and the police were called and, and she actually managed to uh, to get out of that situation. So that's quite a, a helpful tip. Um, I remember that somehow. Do you recall that? Yeah, vaguely, vaguely in the back of my mind. Ago. Yeah. Um, if you have a car, make sure that you've got a spare key somewhere and make sure that it's fully fueled. So if you do have to leave quickly, you can do. Regardless of the lockdown, your personal safety is more important. You might want to keep a bag of essential items at a place of safety, um, which I would suggest you're going to need to keep cash, clothing, important documents, maybe passports, etc., and telephone numbers in um, so that if you do need to leave quickly, you can jump in your fully fueled car because you know where you've got the spare key. It's in a hidden place or it's, or it's on your person or whatever. And, and then you can go to that place of safety and you've already got the stuff that you need to start making plans to leave at the end of the day your personal safety is more important than staying indoors because of the coronavirus epidemic and it's worth and it's worth saying you are allowed to leave even though there's lockdown under the circumstances you absolutely are allowed to leave absolutely i mean my, my advice has always been if you if you are know if you know that you are physically threatened and you uh have you're in a position where you are at physical risk then your safety is paramount and anything else is secondary. Now, when you when you phone the police, if you phone the police on a, a domestic violence issue, they will automatically put a flag on the property. And so if you have uh, future phone calls, they will put that to the priority queue and they will deal with those first um, in terms of all of the stuff that they, that they have to deal with. And they, they can um, actually flag your address and, and make sure that you know, they come quicker than perhaps they otherwise would, particularly if there is a history of phone calls to the police from a specific address or, in fact, a specific phone number, because don't forget the police will geolocate you based on where your phone number is, if you're calling from a mobile, for example. Um, So there's loads of practical things that you can do yourself um, to make sure that, or or to try and limit the risk that that you face um, but then, of course, as, as uh, we, we know, the NHS has published some quite good guidelines on uh, telephone numbers and contact details of refugees and, and helplines and emails and so forth. Um, but the number one, number one rule of thumb is protect yourself and do what you need to do to make sure that you're protected, be you man, woman or child or whatever. Um, unfortunately, there is a, a larger possibility, a bigger possibility of domestic violence happening now, I think, because people are cooped up in their houses with, uh, and, you know, where, where your house is not safe, where you don't feel it's a, it's a point of refuge. Don't forget also the mental aspect and the, men, and the mental health. And, you know, what do you do if you're under that sort of pressure? Yeah, and again, sure. there are helplines that the NHS have, have provided on their domestic violence page that can help with that. Uh, that's really helpful, Richard Salvage. Thank you so much. If somebody wants to get in touch with you for legal advice, is there a place they can go? Yeah, they can. They can call my uh, my office in Maidstone. Uh, it's SNS Solicitors. Um, you can drop me a line at info at snslaw.co.uk, and my office number is zero one six double two two three double eight five zero. Bear in mind, of course, that we're working from home at the moment, but messages will get through to me. Um, because we do have people in the office uh, monitoring things. Um, but, yeah, that's SNS Listers. It's info at snslaw.co.uk or 01622 
0550. And can I put you on our Hope with Depression podcast resources list? Of course you can. Awesome. Richard Salvage, thank you so much. You're welcome. Cheers, Neil. Next time on Hope with Depression, the podcast. Really, really hard as well for a woman in that scenario to ring 999 um, because there's a lot of fear that the police can come and take Mr. Man away. He will do his, you know, narcissistic, charm persuasive and weasel his way out of it. And then he's back at the property. And then for the woman, that's really, really frightening, you know, because she's then on the receiving end of his anger because she's gone to the police in the first place. Hope with Depression, the podcast.